0: blend in the romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time romacraft tobacco
2: the after show the The after show the after after show Welcome back to the after show. Uh, now it's Wednesday, but it's right after the show, and uh, still with us is Josh Hatton and Jonathan Miller, the single cast nation. Uh, Jonathan is the CEO and president of it, and uh, Jonathan is the cigar czar, I guess, is, is
3: what it says on the on, on there. He was trying to come, come, come up with, with a title for us. Yeah. Yeah. Cigars are just <laughs> seems like, it's good. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my shirt that it says, you know, the official cigars are of Signal Cast Nation, but you know.
4: <laughs> so, so we're drinking again.
1: What are we? Before we get into this, what are we drinking? Then? Yeah, yeah. So this is this is a collaboration that we did with uh, the Water of Life film, uh, which is a fantastic film. If you if you don't know it, it kind of focuses around. Uh, Jim McEwen and the Brooke Lottie Distillery, but, but it's really a larger story. But, so we're, we're friends with the director and, and we wanted to support them. And so we picked this. It's a 17 year old from an Orkney distillery. There's two distilleries on the Orkney Island Highland Park and Scapa. This is not Scapa. <laughs> But,
2: uh, so see how he does it. it?
1: <laughs> but it's a, it's a 17-year-old single cask, and it was uh, all 17 years in a Oloroso sherry butt. So Davidoff, the brand Davidoff, makes some cigars for us, and we're not allowed to say what they
2: make for us because they have $20, $30 cigars, and then they maybe make a cigar for us at $7, and maybe it's the same thing or whatever so mm-hmm. uh you know we find different ways around it it's a it's a high-end dominican cigar uh really can't talk about it but, but you know when we say little little things of there which is <laughs> and then you
1: say david get off of that that's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it, it's so comical that it, it, it's so alike our, our two industries <laughs> uh just amazing to me uh the topic here on the after show
0: i is, have the email handy if you'd like me to read it. All right. So, this uh, idea came from Carl Swinford, and he writes through the contact us page of it the cigar right reviewers.com.
4: Ah, customer and Seabrook.
0: So, there is a million different cigar reviewers out there for the finished product. <coughs> Excuse me. But what about all the work that goes into it? I know manufacturers often reach out to trusted retail partners for feedback on test blends, but what about the actual consumer's opinion? Why not have multiple diverse consumer panels who can test and provide feedback? Different blends have different target consumers, so you could have volunteered, volunteer-provided data on the members so that samples are only sent to the targeted panel members. A manufacturer-designated questionnaire can accompany the samples for <coughs> customer feedback. You could qualify the members somehow through the retail partners, so it's an invitation-only to prevent an onslaught of membership signups. Not a cigar club you sign up for just to get free cigars. Cigars would have to be sent out at the manufacturer's discretion. Strict rule that nothing is to be shared or posted to social media.
2: All right, so this is where the idea came from who becomes on your tasting panel. Typically for us, we're the ones, we're deciding on a blend of cigars, and I gave you a couple of cigars to take with you, just labeled with numbers on it, and that's how I'll do it with my staff and my trusted people that I say, okay, we have to pick one of these, and one of these could be 12 of them. There could be 12 different ones, and we're narrowing it down, and then we got to a point on this particular thing where we're down to two, and we're deciding at that point of doing it. There's a, a few reasons to do it. What is the price? What are we going to charge for this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, can we, we're the same way? where well, we want to put something out that seems like a good value to them that they're going to buy. It's going to sell out in one second. We're going to end up doing it, but I want them to come back again, which is much like what you do. So, is Jonathan somebody that is in is in your tasting panel to help you decide? Is there other people, is it you by yourself who makes these decisions?
1: When it comes to our whiskeys, it's it's primarily me and my business partner Jason. He he and I started the company in 2011 and we have we have similar palettes but there are places where he likes to go that I don't and and vice versa. So we we often balance each other out. And we right. always say, you know, you have full veto power. If you say there's no way we should bottle this, right? Cuz he, Your reputation is only as good as the last thing you release. So, who has right? the veto
2: power? Both one, of us. Each one
1: is. of okay. us. Okay. So yeah. you have to
0: both sign off for a project to take Correct. to take All home. right. Yep, good.
1: One hundred percent. And then we also have um, in Glasgow Jess Lomas. She's our our global sales manager. She's got a phenomenal palate, and so she helps us out with our um, you know UK EU bottlings as well. Okay. Uh, no consumer is <laughs> is a deciding factor on it. That's no. That's. Well, typically, that's correct. Yeah. However, with the Pappy Nonsense bottling, we did bring, bring people in to help us select that. And we did a bottling through the Westland Distillery out of Seattle. And we had about 30 nation members come and join and, and help select yeah. that for us. more of an, an event to kind of hype event. the brand yeah, because, than it you is. Because like I said before, you know, here we are, we're looking at the fourth quarter where we're, where we're going to bottle another 28-ish casks. So in the grand scheme of things, a cast here, a cast there, it's really an event. Um, But, you know, mostly people are coming to us because they say, I like what Jason and Joshua select. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I wait on about a 1,000 customers a week myself, and then my staff does the same thing each. So when I smoke a sample of something that we're considering bringing in, I'm smoking it, and I'm trying to narrow those 1,000 people down and say, okay, which... Hundred or which fifty people would be gravitated toward this particular blend, or would they? Uh, but you know, you're considering your price points, you're considering your flavor profile, your strength profile. Whereas a consumer is going to be evaluating it first based on their yeah. own palate, yeah. mm-hmm. and then maybe they have one or two friends that they could think of. But I, I represent a greater cross section of the cigar smoking community. Because I interact with so many different people. Gotcha. And that's why I don't think that consumers are necessarily the best place to go as far as, okay, you're going to help us pick out of these 12. Because that's the other thing. I smoke six to eight cigars a day. Yeah. For me to smoke three at the same time is, it's commonplace. Yeah. To see what, you know, which blend is which going back and forth. That's not, that's not something that the average consumer would want to do, let alone, do.
4: And yeah. then from the manufacturer side, I used to work for a manufacturer. Did you? You would bring people down to the factory, and you would give them test blends. Yeah. But they were all caught up in the pomp and circumstance. Of course, so you weren't the getting the romanticism. True, to right. It. You weren't yes. getting the true feedback. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Our approach is this is going to sound kind of weird, but we don't think of the consumer when we're selecting whiskey to go into a bottle because if we're thinking of them, then we're not being true to ourselves. We bottle the stuff that we fall in love with. And then if the consumer finds, if that drinker finds that they like the whiskeys we bottled, then um, fantastic. Then we have that customer, that, that loyal customer. But if we say we want to bottle this because, you know, we hear people like McAllen and, you know, Let, let's give that a go. We may fail, right? We have to stay true to what what we love ultimately we love you, the we love.
0: you're having the conversation with yourself about if you never take any chances if you never go outside of the box if you never try something new you really don't have a chance for somebody to be a truly loyal consumer and really love your brand mm-hmm. because that's what people fall in love with more than uh, the whiskey's great but the story behind it the packaging mm-hmm. everything everything leads to that final uh, culmination of the sale mm-hmm. and then more important than the sale is the rebuy. So if you take chances, yeah, you may have some people that, uh, that wasn't that one mm-hmm. wasn't for me, but they appreciate the fact that you're the company that is going to be taking these chances.
2: On the cigar end, the, a cigar manufacturer, they tend to smoke lots of cigars. They like heavier cigars. They're a cigar manufacturer. They've been doing it for years and years, and they start off – blending for themselves, that's what they do, and there's some newer ones in the past 10 years, they're still doing it, they still make cigars just for themselves, if people like it, that's all there is to it. Then, all of a sudden, they make a Connecticut Shade Milder yep. Cigar, mm-hmm. oh. and it becomes their number one top seller, because the majority of people like milder cigars, I don't know how that is, with whiskeys and things, when you talk about the biggest selling mm-hmm. uh, drinks. It's probably on the milder side. It certainly is when it comes to cigars. It's not romance. People aren't talking about it. There's no aftermarket on it or anything. But all of a sudden, they put that cigar out, and it's 80% of the entire portfolio, their sales, is this milder cigar, and then it changes. So you're 10 years in. I wonder if it's going to be that... Although you're making single casks, you're making single barrel things... It, it's not like you need to produce X amount, so you've taken
1: yourself out of that. that yeah, you're, you're
0: essentially suckling on the teat of the industry, not <laughs> trying to carve out a section of it.
1: It, I mean, it, we really are working within, you know, single malt Scotch. Like if we're, if we're just looking at whiskey in general, single malt Scotch whiskey is, you know, people, every, people love it, right? But it is such a tiny segment of the whiskey industry in general. If you think about Scotch whiskey, 88 to 90% of it is blends. It's your Johnny Walkers, it's your Doers, it's your Shivas, And so single malt is a niche within that, and we're a niche within that niche. Right. Do you right? notice and the demographics
4: are different in the single market? It's a, uh, I don't want to use the term younger for drinking, but
1: it's a, it's a 30-something versus the 60-something. Her demographics tend to be upper 30s, up, up between upper 30s to upper 50s, some somewhere in there. Because yeah. you make
3: all your money in your 40s. That's the, well, yeah, the that's reality exactly. of also, it. I mean, what, what, what's the entry price point, right? Most of this stuff, right? Don't forget, most of the blends, right? You can buy a decent blend for yeah. 30, 40 bucks, right? Single cask usually is going to command a higher price, even if the age is younger, right? It's a much, much different product. Yeah, you're starting in the consuming.
1: high 60s, low 70s if, on a single.
3: If, right, if that could be higher at that, that sure. yeah. point, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Our, our, our typical target is at 10 years and up, it's about $10 per year. So, ah, right, and, okay. And, and we're not alone. We, we chose that because other independent bottlers seem to have that price, and then if you just sort of step back and you look at, as a business, the amount of money you need to make to grow equals a certain margin, sure. it ends up being around $10 per year. How many are there like you? Uh, Six. <laughs> no, there there's, there, really is a lot. You know? Really? Okay. Because I mean, you're fact, worldwide. The fact of the matter is there wouldn't be a Scotch whiskey industry if there weren't independent bottlers. There was a John Walker. John Walker was a, a grocer, and in his grocery store, he would sell John Walker's McAllen, John Walker's Aberlauer, John Walker's Aberfeldy, oh. et cetera. And then you get to a point where he said, well, if I these pour people, all these
0: together and make the best exactly, blend.
1: That, that, that's it. Because he would have consumers consumers that would say, I liked what you did before. I didn't like this new one. Mm. So now he's purchased from so many different distilleries. He could say, well, I can keep that contract growing and start creating a blend that is something that people can just come into my store and grab at any time. Yeah. And you're looking at it a couple hundred years ago. That's how Scotch whiskey industry started. And from that... You know, I I would say I can start counting on my hands very simply and and come to 15 independent bottlers that are classic independent bottlers. And then there's plenty of others throughout the world that are doing. The
0: Japanese have blown up in the (coughs) single malt (coughs) whiskey space. Do you have any thoughts uh, or plans to uh, seek out some Japanese casks?
1: We do, yeah. Actually, we selected a cask from a distillery. Uh, we had to let it go just because of the price. Japanese whiskey is insane. But we did just bottle two casks of whiskey from the Yoishi distillery a seven year old Muscatel and a six year old Sherry cask. Sounds young, but whiskey doesn't need to be, right? We talked about yeah. it earlier, uh, you know, in, in the show, not the after show, but the show where you, you had said, you know, can a cask of whiskey get to 30 years old? And you say, Jesus, it passed its prime. Yes. There are some whiskeys at six, seven years old that are wonderful. Like any good whiskey is like it's it's a snapshot, right? You have kids, you take a picture of them, some are terrible, but some are great. You want to get that you good mean the snapshot, kids. the kids. Yeah. yeah, one kid is always terrible. Yeah. But that but that's our point, right? We want to catch the cask where we think it's best. It doesn't mean that's the best it'll ever be. But you're looking
0: for it. a specific flavor profile and yeah. you're looking for
2: that yeah. particular snapshot.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yep. Do you have any of your products that's
2: ongoing? It continues, it's not going to stop, this is your bread and butter, you're going to keep, keep this one going?
1: <laughs> not yet, though. There's a project we've been working on for almost five years now uh, that thanks to COVID and glass shortages and tariffs and all these other things that the project is just sort of extended. But in 2022... We'll be releasing a, a line of different Scotch whiskeys that will have continuity that will always be available.
2: Nice, nice.
1: Yeah.
2: And there you go. And then you have your limited releases that come out when they yep. come out, and you, and you gotta because it's it's like you're you're building every single time. When we put a, a limited release out, it, it's all the work that goes into the limited release, and then it's over, and that's it. And you got to start all over again. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, if you yeah. want
4: to send a sample to liquorauthority.com, I'd be happy to review that for <laughs> yes. you. Yes. I, I feel like there's
1: a hint in there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. But I, I'm not very <laughs> subtle. We call that the dry bed. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. And you, you get reviewed.
1: Uh, we do get reviewed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we oh, we yeah. haven't sent any of our whiskeys out to you know the the awards and things like that yet. But we we do get reviewed, and and thankfully we get reviewed pretty well. People okay. look look on us with. They like what we do.
4: Okay. Right. Yeah. The uh, Poppy Nonsense review went up on Sunday on the Liquor Authority. So, there mm. we go. You haven't gone and looked at it or reviewed that with the single cast nation. I have to do that now
1: because I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. It's Wednesday now, <laughs> Yes. <but> it's-
4: <laughs> okay. It's time for the Strengths and Character segment brought to you by Camacho Cigars. Camacho Cigars. The icon of uncompromised values.
2: Okay, if you caught the end of our show, we we talked. Uh, there was a uh, Tommy Minoto ended up writing some shit about me. Uh, <laughs> and um, there's six pillars of character: trustworthiness, respect, responsibility, fairness, caring, and citizenship. And we are on caring. And one of uh, the items on caring is be kind. Do you. Are you a kind person? To a fault. I'm not talking to you. You pointed at me. <laughs>
1: you, you, you kind? I, my mom always taught me to be kind. Be kind to your employees, to... To, to everybody.
2: To, to everyone. And, and if they're doing wrong, do you call them out on it or no?
1: Con- constructive criticism. Constructive... Are you a fan
0: pro- of the, uh, the shit sandwich? Or something nice? Yes. Something oh, yeah, horrible? Yeah, yeah, you, something na- <laughs> you
1: were so awesome. What the F? But that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're teaching Dave something here.
2: All right.
3: <laughs>
2: All right. And and, uh, and Jonathan, how about you? Um, kind person, consider yourself kind. I would
3: consider myself kind. It's wow. interesting. In in the, in the, well, I'm not going to say no on on, a, on a, you know on a on a podcast you know you know being, being well I'm already been and... outed as not <laughs> not right. a kind
2: person because I call people out on
4: who, who knew Dave would be the first person to come out.
2: Yeah.
3: But, but I mean. Joshua and I uh, belong to like a couple of uh, of clubs and uh, b- a bunch of like whiskey global clubs and and partial of the rule is regardless of how knowledgeable you are about the whiskey it's relevant mm-hmm. right it's no d bag rule and that's okay. it. it basically it's all about the camaraderie around it look I mean over here I mean you guys probably never had a seventeen year old single cast like this before it's absolutely
1: relevant right whether or
3: not you appreciate it is also almost irrelevant are yeah, you I haven't person? even had a taste so put a, oh. just a drop just a drop in there so single cast so that
1: means I'm not Giving the bottle to him? No, no, no. Yeah, no okay. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, but
2: I just, mean, just a drop. That's
1: is that my drop? D- is it. that more? Nope. Is that good? <laughs> <Did> I, <should laughs> I stop? <laughs> or, okay, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dave. You're
2: you're more in the Nick Lowe camp, right? You got to be cruel to be kind.
4: Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, but did you ever like Elvis? I mean, he's no, said don't be cruel.
0: There's something oh. about Dave though that people don't understand. <laughs> and and one thing, if you, I get
4: a bad rap,
2: I if
0: you watched that. the show last week, right at the end of the show. We didn't hear about how the show was short again after that. (laughs) He says it, and as horrible as he says it, as bad as his delivery is, as angry as he seems, once it's out, it's done.
4: It's it's over. And we
2: order lunch. And he goes back to being kind. But this
4: one was more tongue-in-cheek than him actually being angry. Yeah. I've dealt with angry Dave. Dave and I almost (laughs) came to blows once, and it made us stronger as
2: people. Because that made no sense, Jonathan. How do you explain the mac and cheese?
4: That's a different
2: thing. All right, so (laughs) that's a different thing. Jonathan came over my house for a holiday. I think it was Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, and brought a tray of food with him, and it was a mac and cheese with
0: jalapeno. Two different mac and cheeses, and they were both spectacular.
2: And uh, we put them there. We put one out, but they were different. No, they were the same. They same one. Same ones. Put one out, and everybody was raving over it. And then Jonathan left after, and. As it happens in my household, hours go by, and then we want to eat again, and all the food is there, and then people started searching around. I said, where'd that mac and cheese go? we look every, everywhere. Where did the mac and cheese go? And I'm like, where the how could it go? Because the dish is not even there. It's gone. I said, there's no way he took it with him and left with
4: it. <laughs> And as it turned out, he did. So this is a dry bag for you guys
1: to leave the bottles. Not at all. Not at all. I've read between the lines. I've read between the lines.
2: How many years ago was that? Uh, A long
0: time ago. Five, six years ago. But he didn't do
2: it again. No. So that's why I feel like I have to say it so that this Doesn't continue.
0: He texted me. Did you fucking take that mac and cheese home with you? (laughs) He hates texting. He never texts me. I'm like, ah, shit.
3: (laughs) I didn't respond. I didn't even respond. I waited until I saw him. Was it all caps? Uh, no, um, he doesn't know how to do that uh, yeah, Remember, remember do the
2: episode that. of Seinfeld And they took the loaf of bread And they, yep. they took the loaf of bread home yeah. What kind of person does that? <laughs> 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 it was a marble rye and he took it That
4: would be me
2: <laughs> I remember that one So anyway, that's uh, the,
4: the part of being kite. So we know Joshua is a big fan of whiskey Do you have a preference to what you smoke? Or Joshua, drink. right? Jonathan yeah. Jonathan, ne- next to you Alright, so Jonathan likes scotch whiskey Do you have a preference? Which your go-to libation?
1: It's Scotch whiskey. I, I am Scotch whiskey through and through. I like bourbon, but it's it's probably my seventh favorite drink. Seventh? Seven. Wow. And bourbon's hot right now. Yeah, 90% well, of what I buy is bourbon. And, and I have, well, I, I don't like to talk about bottle numbers, but I, I have a lot of bourbon. I love bourbon. I'm not saying, I'm not saying Scotch whiskey is necessarily a better drink, but for my palate, it's a better drink. I mean, bourbon tastes like bourbon. I mean, all the time. He's do you so have jesky. a Do you prefer: Do you prefer to be on the smoky side, you like it on the highland side? Depends on the mood. <clears throat> yeah. It really depends on the mood. When it comes to smoky whiskies, I much prefer them in the summertime, which most people would say, that, that's a winter drink. No, because behind that peat is bright fruit and citrus and, and more delicate mm-hmm. notes, so if you can dig past the beet, uh dig past the peat, pun fully. Yeah. fully intended, so Don't put
2: the peat in there.
4: No, the peat's delicious. <laughs> yeah, but see, I hate peaty whiskey.
0: Iodine, band aid So, uh, Band-Aid, so do
4: you hate this one then? This is blood, smoke, more smoky than peaty. More to smoky to than peaty. That's interesting. Yeah.
2: Oh, so this is peaty because it doesn't taste it to me. Hold oh, on, is there yeah. so
3: in this specific bottling? Because we know this this unique you, Orkney distillery can do both. Mm-hmm. Is there some peat
1: in this in this bottling? If if you were to taste this on a fresh palate without a cigar. Mm. You, you, you'd get that peat. You'd get the earthiness okay. coming through. That's interesting. And, and maybe to your point, a bit more smoky than peaty because there is a difference. Peaty tends to have that. Uh, it's it's more earthy. Sometimes iodine. medicinal yep. iodine. Mm-hmm. Where smoke smoke is smoke and could be floral and fragrant. I love when the after t- there's a floral component yeah. to this. One hundred percent.
0: I love when the main taste is the aftertaste of bad medicine. That's
1: the best. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a purple, a little, purple finish. What's the What's the a one bon that Bon Jovi uh, is that? What o- you
3: saying? O- o- Octimo, <laughs> Optimo. <laughs> There's Octimore.
1: or Auchentoshen. Octomore, That's the yeah. heavily peated. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: uh, one of my guys brought that in for uh, his birthday. Uh, I guess it's hard to find, so he had a couple of bottles. So he shared one with us. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable, but so smoky. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you can you can smell it in your skin the next day. Forget about resetting your nostrils the next day. Well,
3: it's interesting. The, the <clears throat> I'll, I'll do a small plug here, right? The movie that Joshua uh, collaborated with, right? It discusses this unique distillery um, that the movie discusses on, right? Three different types of palates. So there's a Brooklady, there's an Octomore, and then there's a Port Charlotte. And mm-hmm. it, within one kind of distillery, one corporation, they're t- doing three different types of profiles of various types of whiskey. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's interesting, right? To find it on Isla, which everyone knows is. You know, we're not gonna go into Terroir, we know about our good friend over there, but again, it usually Isla is known for its smoky whiskies and this was not they make an unpeated Isla whiskey which is unbelievable. So the movie's Water of Life? Water of yeah, Life, which spelled. is on Netflix.
1: No, it's it's not on a streaming service yet. It will be around Christmas time. Okay, because it showed up on a Netflix search, so maybe it's coming. It, it yeah. I, oh, that's interesting. I know they were in discussions with different streaming services. Got leaked. So, so here's, a,
2: here's something I did, and maybe it's going to make you cringe, or you're going to say this is okay. And I was asking Jonathan, if it was okay. Somebody gave me a beautiful decanter, and. Um, I'm trying to fit it in my little liquor cabinet that I have in my office, and I'll show you after. And I had all these bottles. He drinks so
0: infrequently, he ends up collecting bottles, but not on purpose.
2: Yeah, and then there's this much left, and this one, this one, this one, this one. And I'm looking, and I go, is this wrong to do this? (laughs) So I poured them all together and I made a
3: mash. Oh,
1: that's wonderful! It's wonderful. That's great.
3: It's a millennium, right? Millennium bottle. No, no, infinity. Infinity. I'm
1: sorry, infinity bottle. Bottle. Yeah, it's an infinity bottle. A home blend. I think that's the perfect thing to do when your bottle gets down to a heel, and you're not the type of person to dip in a lot. All of this oxygen is affecting that that whiskey that's on the heel. So why not marry it together with something else? Create a ah. house blend, and then we have people over. You're just having a house blend. You're just having fun. Mm. What's whiskey for? And and this is all good stores. stuff to that hang out. put
2: together. Yeah. It's not all yeah. crap. So after I did it, I don't remember who the guy was. It was. Um, somebody from a cigar company or something, and they're talking about whiskeys and stuff, and I said, I want you to try something. And I pull it out, and they go, that's a beautiful bottle. And I try put it on there, and they said, what is it? And then I told them what it was before they drank it, and then they told me it was terrible, because I told them. I probably yeah. shouldn't have Don't said it. Don't tell anybody.
1: Yep, always keep Just it keep strong. it our little secret. Yep.
4: So I want you to taste this before you
2: leave. Oh,
1: I'm desperate to yeah. taste it. So That I, sounds great.
4: I got a question really quick, because he's playing the outro music. So the Elijah Craig Barrowproof... Uh, f- B521 came out. I thought it was horrible compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. People were telling me that you got to get past the neck. The uh, neck is the worst part in the
1: bottle. Listen model. to them. They have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about. It's told someone said something somewhere and people bought into it. Pour the neck, put it in your glass. Wait 10 minutes, wait 50 minutes, put it through a wine aerator. The neck pour is perfectly fine. Just let it rest a little bit. That's all. Because okay. so you hard. want oxygen to get to it. Yes. That's
2: all. And, that, and that's your podcast of saying the misconceptions that's going out there. And that's what the Cigar Authority yeah. is. There's so much bullshit in, yeah. in different yeah. industries and stuff. So breaking through it and uh, check these guys, Single Cast Nation, next week on Saturday, we have uh, Roy Brown and Mike Glenn, their are new, new York retailers with a 75% tax on there. They're going to tell us all about it and how they're going to get through it. Until then, we'll see you Saturday on the Cigar Authority.
0: Stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. <laughs>